This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Welcome to Tech and Egypt's, a bonus episode from For Tech's Sake, where we tear some problematic tech to shreds. I'm Elaine Burke. And I'm Jenny Darmody. So in the latest episode of For Tech's Sake, we talked about all the ways in which tech can be used and abused to, well, abuse others, quite frankly. And I'm I'm really, really glad you brought this topic to the table, Jenny, because it's it's so important. That conversation really needs to happen. And it was great to have Louise on talking about it. And unfortunately, as tech continues to evolve with new features, new advances, new products, there's just it just creates more ways that they can be used for ulterior motives. Yeah, but there's another side of tech tracking that I think we should also talk about. And that's the actual products themselves tracking us for their own reasons. For example, let's talk about the tech home invasion. Go on, Lynn. I know you've got some thoughts on this. I, I just don't get why people want a smart home. <laughs> I don't get it. Like perfectly capable people who don't need assistive technology. These are the people I'm talking about. Every bit of your home connected to the internet is adding an entry point or worse, a target for mm. criminals, hackers, abusers, all sorts of things. Like, why would anyone want this, Jenny? Why? I don't know. I don't have the answer because I feel the same way. But the thing is, we can talk about this until our faces turn blue and plenty of people will still opt in. It's the same as challenging users on how much data they're willing to give over to big tech without even thinking about it like all the time like you know the responses like I've I've talked about this before with loads of people about like you know being careful about how much data you give to companies and things like that and often I get the response of oh yeah but like I don't really mind if Facebook or Amazon or whoever has my data like I have nothing to hide or whatever so what if they've got my email address you know yeah and I mean, we all fall into that trap. I do. Mm. Like, I, I will give all my data to Google Maps because it's so bloody useful. Like, I just, I can't see my life without it. Yeah. So, okay, here you go. Here's my entire location history, Google. Thank you very much. Yeah, like, I quite literally would be lost without Google Maps. Yes. Yeah. I, I use it for routes that I'm familiar with. And everything. Like, you know, I, I live in that. But I still do get frustrated when I am trying to say to people, like, well, like, like at least do it consciously. Share consciously. Drink mm. responsibly and share consciously. Um, and I think I finally figured out a response that actually covers what we're trying to get across to people because up till now I've really struggled to explain to people why you should care about things. And we had the lovely Joan Mulville Hill on our digital transformation episode and she really like, crystallized the moment for me. She said we all got distracted by the privacy concerns and forgot to raise a red flag for influence. Yeah. And that's what comes out of this. You can allow this stuff into your home thinking it's for your convenience, but it's not. It's for their convenience. It's for Amazon or Google or whoever to get to know you and be the most busybody sales assistant that you have ever encountered. Oh my God. It's like that person that when you, as soon as you walk into a shop and literally like dare to cast your eye on a t-shirt, someone's right beside you and like, can I help you with something? Like, oh God, like that would literally make me run out of the shop. Like it influences me away from them. Yeah, 100%. Especially in Ireland. Like I think it's maybe different in America they're maybe more used to those kind of pushy sales assistants but like we're definitely not used to it everyone I know would run a mile yeah. <laughs> when they know someone is wanting them to make a sale Yeah. Um, but imagine how creepy that would be if they were also like oh this that rug you're looking at that'd be perfect to cover up that carpet stain, carpet stain by your fireplace you know you yeah, know, carpet stain that's been there for a while you haven't covered up yet yeah which I feel like is kind of the way it's going because Amazon bought um, iRobot who makes the Roomba vacuum and now they can that can wander yeah. around your home and like look at those look for those stains and be like yeah. oh maybe it's time for a new rug or be like this corner here look you can fit some stuff in here there's like an empty space on your floor we've we've made a map of your floor you can fit this exact piece of furniture in here you can get it right here on Amazon yeah prime it's- delivery next day <laughs> 
it's kind of dancing on that fine line between helpful and creepy. But like, I see what you mean. The more data they have on our lives, the more sales opportunities they create, essentially. Yeah. And imagine they could do this with subtlety and carefully engineered nudges. So they're not the sales assistant popping up like Clippy or something like that, trying <laughs> to offer you some products. But like generating posts on your Instagram feed that push you in certain directions, suggestions in your search uh, and results, kind of daring browning you into buying stuff you don't need because you've been made to think that you do. I mean, advertising has been doing this for years and years and years. That's not really new. But with tech, this kind of influence is on steroids. Yeah, so the addition of all of these devices, trackers, smart controls, rumbas, ring doorbells, this just explosion of the Internet of Things, which, as we said, is also known as IoT, which is basically the collective term for any device that's connected to the Internet. This all culminates in a sort of handing over the controls in our lives to technology, but like not just to technology, like as a kind of a neutral, insentient entity that doesn't have any, you know, nefarious thoughts or its own agenda. It's actually giving the controls over to the companies behind the tech. And yeah. that's the problem that I have. I would think as well that there's a cybersecurity concern there as well. Like every smart device is essentially an endpoint in the internet chain, so to speak. So endpoints are notoriously easy targets for cyber criminals. So the more devices we have in our house, the more chances we have of being hacked. So let's say, for example, that I have two wallets and I'm out and about, right? Why do you, why do you have two wallets? I know, Elaine, because I'm extra, right? Like, I, like I, one might carry two wallets for reasons, right? Cool. So one of them, my, my big wallet, let's say, it's got all my important bits, my cards. It's got about 100 euro in cash. Like, it's got all of my stuff in it. It's my main wallet, right? The other one, you know, I might use it for a night out in an emergency. It's got like 30 quid in it and nothing important. Obviously, I don't want either of these wallets to get yeah. stolen. But if one of them gets stolen, I'm going to want it to be the smaller one with a bit of cash in it. So when we think about the amount of data that we're giving away to these companies and the potential data breaches that can happen to these companies, I mean, like how much of that data do we really want in their hands? Yeah. And like when they're all becoming these big conglomerates taking over multiple services and platforms and stuff like that, like it all becomes your your data is in your one big wallet. Yeah. It's all in the one big wallet. I see the wallet thing. Yeah, <laughs> you got it. And none of them are going to own up to the fact that the very addition of tech is opening up a cybersecurity risk. Like they're never going to say that that's a risk there mm. or educate their users on how their data collection works. Like they just want to sell you this stuff as it's for your convenience and for your sake and stop the conversation there. Yeah, probably because they're worried that if they do educate us too much, we're less likely to give them that data. So they won't want to inform us about that stuff unless they're absolutely made to do it up front. Like those weird meta ads for the smart glasses. Oh just. my God. Yes, these are, they're so corny. But if anybody is wondering what the hell those ads are about, they're very strange. They tell you about smart glasses and how they capture video and photos while looking like regular glasses. And they don't even seem like they're selling you anything. But it's because... Meta was made to do that. Yeah, by the Data Protection Commission. Uh, basically, the glasses have um, a small LED light that comes on when they're recording footage, like similar to one that might come on, you know, when a phone's recording. But the DPC rightly pointed out that when smartphones or tablets or other record, like smart devices like that are recording footage, there's the added indicator where, you know, someone is holding it up and actually pointing it at you. Now, obviously, yeah. people can or, try and do it in sneaky ways, but... Yeah, or they're pointing at a stage in your way while you're at a concert, which is really not fun. Yeah, <laughs> that's the other problem with it. But like, there, there's a very noticeable, you know, signal that it's being used as a recording device that's not just the tiny LED light. So that's not there with the glasses. So the DPC basically said 
no, no, that's not enough. That shiny light is not enough. You need extra information about that. So that's that's why they were made to those weird little ads. Um, but I mean, aside from the privacy issues and the general creepiness of people being able to, you know, take video with their glasses, I'm going to ask the question, the question that we love to ask on this, which is why? Why are these necessary? Why are they a thing, Elaine? Why? I don't know. I don't know why we need to strap a camera into our glasses. Like, what? Because you can't lift your phone? Like, like it sounds like you want to be a spy. Like, <laughs> if you want to put a camera in your glasses, like you, you are, you are James Bond. Yeah, <laughs> or you wish you were. I, I, I cannot see a or you're a stalker reason for this. Or yeah. you're a stalker. Like, what's the point? And like, is it like they're feeding a tech obsessed population with this stuff? They're, and they're making us tech obsessed in the first place. They're duping us into thinking this is cool. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I need this in my yeah, life. Oh, a camera in my glasses, so cool. Like, I don't want to demonize tech products in a blanket way. Like I said, on for tech's sake. Some of these devices can be incredibly helpful for certain people and certain use cases. But the way in which they're marketed as for everyone and as the next big thing you need in order to function properly is insane. And we're buying into that big time. Yeah, which brings us to the other side of the tech facilitated abuse coin or the polygon, as it's definitely becoming a multifaceted issue. Um, sometimes it's other people who are doing the abusing with this tech. Sometimes it's the tech companies, you know, looking for ways to get our data. Sometimes it's just us abusing mm -hmm. ourselves. We get all these data points now for ourselves about how much exercise we need or how much sleep we should be getting. And like, oh, you only got X amount of minutes of deep sleep last night. That's bad. And like all this stuff is just not good for our mental health. This is information we did not know before. Sometimes ignorance is bliss in these cases. Yeah, and like I know that there's lots of um, wellness and health programs that are, are about connecting with yourself and your body and kind of knowing, you know, what your tiredness levels are and how you feel and stuff like that and acknowledging that and and working with that. And I, I do, I, I'm, I'm in favour of all those practices, but I'm, I'm a way more wary of when like it's a thing on your wrist trying to tell you that stuff and dictate those things to you. And like there's the tech version of like lying in bed and telling yourself, if I fall asleep now, I'll only get four hours sleep. If I fall asleep now, I'll only get three hours sleep. And in the end, you're getting no sleep, hun. Like it's not <laughs> happening. And what what do we need notifications then adding to that anxiety? Being like, <laughs> like you suck at sleeping. Good job, you. Like, why do we need that level of, air quotes, assistance in our lives? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I just, when I'm setting my alarm for the morning, it tells me, like, how many hours until it's going off. I hate that. Just that alone puts what me into, bitch. like, anxiety. It's like, oh, that alarm is going off in six hours. And they're like, oh, cool. I didn't need to actually know that. But, like, I know parents who've gotten rid of their Fitbits, literally throwing them in the bin because it kept telling them that they weren't getting enough sleep. Yeah. And they're like, I cannot do anything Got about that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have a reason to not have enough sleep. And now I just feel bad about it. And, and that, oh, that's just what you need as a new parent. Like, you're already stressed. Guest. You're not getting enough sleep. And your phone is making you feel bad about it. Yeah. Because there's not enough things that make you feel <laughs> guilty as a person. So I've never had a Fitbit myself. This is clearly why, because I'm this person. But I did once have an app that allegedly tracked your sleep based on the movements in bed. And I say allegedly because I never really know the science behind how the technology works. Mm -hmm. But I got rid of it for two reasons. A, to track your movements in effectively as it's an app on your phone, it needed to be like in the bed, mm -hmm. like near your pillow. Um, so A, fire hazard. PSA, never leave electronics or chargers on soft furnishings. Seriously, chargers that are not plugged in, don't leave them on soft furnishings. It's dangerous. And B, 
I just became obsessed about whether or not I was having a good night's sleep. Like I'd literally wake up and it's the first thing I would check, be like, did I have a good night's sleep? And if I didn't, it was like, I didn't know I didn't until the app told me. I yeah. felt fine. But suddenly I was like, oh, I didn't get enough sleep last night, says the app. And you were hardly coming back to sleep then the following night. And, you know, that was helping yeah. the process. Exactly. Like, like, it's just not not the thing yeah <laughs> I lasted about a week on that app because I am not the person that should be downloading yeah. that app but I'm exactly the person that would download it because I'm a person who's like ooh metrics dangerous it's not See, good for me I think the kinds of people who download sleep trackers are exactly the people that shouldn't be using them yeah me Elaine yeah. me I am such people too yeah. <laughs> and, like I'm savvy enough to know I shouldn't go down that route I've never downloaded a sleep tracker because I know like a, oh gamify sleep cool yeah that'll ruin me forever I make bad decisions with tech all the time. Yeah, we all do. We all do it. But why are we like this? Because <laughs> we know it's not good for us. We still do it. Despite the angels of our better nature saying, put the phone down and love yourself, we're still hunchbacked and doom scrolling <laughs> to our heart's discontent. And that's my problem with sleep now. If I'm a bit stressed and it gets near bedtime, I fucking pick up my phone and I cycle through Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, <laughs> desperately seeking a dopamine hit that never comes because even if you see something nice, like a dog in a costume or something like that, it's not good enough to get you out of the funk that you've put yourself in. And I enter this cycle knowing I've done it so often now that I, I actually know oh, I'm in a stressful moment and I can't sleep. And I'm opening that thing that's not going to help and I'm doing it. Here I am. I'm doing it. Oh, there's TikTok. There's a dog in costume. Still not feeling any better. <laughs> it's so true. But it literally is an addiction. Like basically our default settings are the problem. But there are default settings because like I don't mean to, you know, not blame ourselves. But like I am going to not blame ourselves fully. It's our default setting because tech made us this way. Like we have become this. Like this didn't used to exist. This constant looking for notifications like I did not have a smartphone at first it was not my first phone that's uh, yeah. showing, showing our age a little <laughs> bit but like it's not how I used to be I didn't used to look at the phone all the time because there was nothing to look at it was a green screen like I might play snake that's what happened even oh, that snake remember oh. the day simpler times what an innocent time yeah so like tech has like created a society that is looking for those hits all the time and it's just completely cyclical and now our default setting is go look at the thing that's going to stress yeah. us out more and tech made it made us that way in a sense like by capitalizing on the way we are like the design of technology like some of the smartest engineers in the world have spent time making sure that you don't put your phone down <laughs> No, uh, like yeah. you can laugh, but like that's what's that's, actually yeah. happening here. And they're doing this based on things like cognitive science and psychology and stuff like that. Like they know exactly what makes users tick. They may be stupid about a lot of things. There may be a lot of things that frustrate us about tech and we talk about them all the time. But my God, are they really, really, really good at getting us addicted and they know what they're doing there. And it's just, I think it starts, like if we want to get away from this, it starts at realizing we don't need these things that are sold to us as convenience. Not if they're solving a problem that you never had to begin with mm. or we're never looking for a fix for. We need to stop giving way to the influence telling us we need this. Yeah, I think there's a kind of media literacy element to that um, because like we should have a critical eye on everything selling us tech for tech's sake you know like it's and, and, and what you said really resonates with me because it says a lot when two of us who are quite informed about technology still do this 
do the yeah. doom scrolling, like do the thing that we know we're not supposed to be doing. So there's definitely sort of an education element that needs to be there. And like advertising isn't just ads anymore. In turn, narratives are created using the old tropes of if you don't have this, you don't fit in. Or if you don't buy this, you won't be safe. Like all of these things are marketed towards us to be like, you absolutely need this in your life to function. And that like it is triggering something in our brain. As you said, there is science and engineering going into this to make sure it's working. So we need to stop taking the word of private companies that any of this is truly for our sake because it's not. It's for their sake or rather for tech's sake. 100%. Thanks for listening to Tech and Egypt's our bonus content from For Tech's Sake, a co-production from Silicon Republic and the Headstuff Podcast Network. Remember, you can listen to all of the brilliant bonus content from across the Headstuff Podcast Network and you really should. And you can follow us at Silicon Republic and at For Tech's Sake Pod on your preferred social platform. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Thank <laughs> you.